Welcome into the bank, a show which covers the Baltimore Ravens and the NFL. The bank is part of BSL Radio. Baltimore Sports and Life is dedicated to analysis and discussion on the Baltimore Orioles, the Ravens, and the University of Maryland. The site has a team of writers providing coverage of those teams and houses live streaming content weekly. Join the conversations at the message board, like BSL on Facebook, and follow BSL on Twitter. Hey, everybody. This is Jordan. I'm here with Gabe, and we're here for episode 10 of The Bank. Um, we're excited to talk some Ravens. I know that um, hopefully everybody is doing okay and is safe in these um, you know, really interesting times that we're living in, but um, looks like the NFL season is on its way, um, and we're getting excited to, to talk about some Ravens and some things that we think we're going to see from them um, from this upcoming year. Um, you know, and I was chatting with you, Gabe, and you were telling me a little bit about how the offense is going to be a really interesting area for us to watch. And uh, we thought it might be fun to go through some different topics about the offense and just kind of talk where we think the benchmarks are going to be for this upcoming year. Yeah, it's really, um, it's really interesting to think about, you know, how the offense might evolve with one more year under Greg Roman's scheme, you know, one more year for Lamar Jackson to develop, one more year for the wide receivers to develop drafted a couple of new wide receivers. There's a lot of new faces on the offensive line. So there's a lot of moving parts and we kind of want to just take a look and see um, what we're most intrigued by and maybe take some of your guys' questions in the future about if there's things that anybody is wondering about in terms of the offense as well. Um, but the first thing we wanted to talk about was, do we see a receiver that kept is a thousand receiving yards in this upcoming season because that didn't happen last year. Um, what do you think, Jordan? Yeah, I mean, I'm so bad with over unders to begin with because I always want to take the over and not just when it relates to the Ravens, right? Like especially like any any sense of it, you're always kind of rallying for that offense. But um, I, you know, I think that rings true here. You're going to see, <clears throat> I think you're going to see improvement from Jackson, and I think more importantly. You're going to see teams defending the Ravens in the same way that the Titans defended the Ravens in that playoff game, which is to really squeeze the middle of the field, um, just take away options, put eight guys in the box, and live with Lamar um, beating with, beating them in the air. And I think if that happens, then we're a lock to see multiple receivers go over a thousand yards. Um, I think there are two cautions to that. I think one, that was one game. And that worked in one game and in one instance. But I think a very quick adjustment means that the Ravens put 50 plus points up with re streaming regularity. If teams are going to stack the box like that and Marquise Brown can get over the top of the defense. Um, and then teams are just going to have to adjust and they're going to have to live with the running, the running instead of the passing. Um, I think the other way that that could go is that there are so many receivers and so many places to put the ball and so many different iterations that the Ravens chase that, um, that you see similar numbers to what we saw last year because the ball is just being spread around so much. Um, so those would be the two caveats I give to, to not seeing somebody over a thousand yards. What do you think? So I don't know about you, but I am buying into the Hollywood Brown hype. Um, I think that he was very injured last year. He had screws in his foot. And he was not 100% the entire season. He said so much himself, and I fully believe that. I've seen some of his off-season videos, and he looks like a beast. Um, I think he will be a 1,000-yard receiver in 2020. Um, I think Mark Andrews has a chance to get there. Um, but, I mean, he was pretty close last year, but he didn't quite make it. I think 
that he probably will fall just short again. I would still pick him at probably around eight to 900 yards. But yeah, I think Brown could, you know, maybe even shoot up to like 1,200 yards. And I think he might, you know, become more of a focal point in this offense moving forward. Now, obviously, there's a lot of kind of, we don't know what's exactly the season's going to look like. We don't know how many practices these guys want to have. We do know that Lamar and Hollywood are working out together, which, you know, that's great. That's something that's helping them build chemistry that maybe they didn't quite have last year. And I do agree with you that um, the Ravens are probably going to be asked, or Lamar is probably going to be asked to pass the ball a little bit more because teams are definitely going to not want him to just beat them with his legs. And I think he has a skill as a passer to make teams hurt by letting them, you know, pick them apart through the air. And the Ravens have a good amount of weapons, but I still think it's going to be Brown as the focal point and Andrews as kind of like your 1A. And then after that, I don't think anybody might even crack five or 600 yards. Yeah, you know, it's interesting to me also to think about some of these new faces. And if you think about, um, you know, Duvernay in particular um, is a guy that I think is going to play a big role early. Um, And, you know, it's like, oh, okay, he's a rookie wide receiver. What can you really expect from that? But if you take a guy like Hollywood Brown, and granted, Hollywood is certainly a more talented player overall, a guy that didn't practice in the preseason. We didn't even, it wasn't even clear he was going to play um, at the end of the preseason to start the year. comes on and just explodes onto the scene in a my in the Miami game and has a big role because they weren't paying attention to him. Um, and so, you know, when I was talking about the ball being spread around a little bit more, he's a guy that I could see um, really fitting into kind of like that McCole Hardman role in Kansas city, where he's just running a, a, a fly nine route constantly um up the seam and they're just doing all kinds of stuff underneath it they're running you know dagger digs underneath it they're running you know slants underneath it they're they're letting him take the top off the defense on one side and they're getting something open on the other side um you know both him and hollywood are going to be able to take the top off the defense um boykin had that kind of speed and they the ravens tried to use him like that last year um and he sometimes could get some separation and he has speed um but I don't think it translated to the top off the defense kind of receiver that we ever saw from Torrey Smith or even from Brown. Um, and I see Juvernay as being a guy that could really fit into that role um, and having that presence. Like I, I think it's honestly what they wanted Seth Roberts to be last year. And he, and he just wasn't. Um, and if they can get a guy that fits into that role, I think that's why John Harbaugh was so freaking excited when they drafted him. Cause I think you could see how he fit in there. Um yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited to see Duvernay too. I don't, I'm not entirely sure how he's going to be used in this offense because you know he has some experience playing outside. He did that more in the previous season, but last year in, in Texas, he was almost entirely playing out of the slot. Um, and the Ravens have a lot of slot receivers, so um, it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of like mix in the different receivers. And I think Duvernay is going to be a person who we will see a decent amount. And I do love his speed. His, you know, his competitiveness going after the ball. And, um, you know, something that we're going to have to wait and see on is how good of a blocker is he? Um, because with the amount that the Ravens do run the ball, the wide receivers really were asked to to block a lot. And if that's not something that he excels at, he might have his snaps limited to an extent. Um, but, you know, no, go ahead. 
Yeah, you know, one of the other interesting iterations that, um, you know, I kind of thought about when it comes to that is that I don't love how much the Ravens run tight formations. I don't think it's to the advantage of their personnel. I, in a lot of those circumstances, would much rather them be four wide um, with the big bodies in the slot from Andrews, et cetera, um, in, with those same personnel groupings. I, I would even rather see Ricard, frankly, um, like lined up tight in like a, you know, three wide receive set as like the tight end. Um, but to see something tricky like that, but you've got all these slot guys. Um, if you're playing all these bunch sets, right? Like, and you're keeping everybody tight and inside the hash marks and close to the, close to the tackles, et cetera. Um, you know, it matters a little bit less. It's almost like you in those, if, if you're, you're talking about kind of like a trips bunch tight, right? Like out of Madden, you're talking about four slot receivers or, or it could be four slot receivers in terms of what you're asking out of those routes from those guys. So I think we could see more of them on the field together if that's what they wanted to do. Yeah. And that's a good point. We don't really know what they're going to do in terms of route combinations, personnel. Um, you know, Roman's been very, very uh, creative, I think so far. And I expect to see you more creativity next year. And yeah. I, th I think, you know, a lot of different formations. Um, I think, the Ravens did use a lot of formations last year, but it kind of just varied game game to game. Um, and you know, there's week to week different um, game plans they put in place. But it'll be interesting to see for sure. Um, so I kind of pegged Hollywood as a guy I think is going to be um, the leading receiver for the Ravens. Um, who do you think is going to be? Yeah, I think it's going to be Andrews. I mean, he and and Jackson have the best connection. And I also think that the way Jackson operates as a passer is very, as all passers are, but like vertically, like directly in front of him inclined. And a lot of the routes that Andrews run are kind of in that straightforward cone. You know, Lamar is doing a lot of the reading of the linebackers and the people directly in front of him, like in kind of like inside and around the pocket. Um, and I think that's part of what feeds the effectiveness of Andrews. Obviously, he has a lot of skills as a receiver, yeah. fantastic finding weak spots in the zone, good at getting separation for a guy of his size. All those things play a part, too. But I think just where his vision is and in, in non-designed plays, it's easy for Lamar to kind of target at Andrews. And so I anticipate that he's again going to lead the team in receiving yards. Mm -hmm. um, I also think we saw a limited Andrews last year. You know, we knew from, I think it was like week two or week three, he had an injury um, and it was nagging pretty much the duration of the rest of the year. Um, and so who knows? He, he's, you know, he had injury issues um, his rookie year um, in camp. He had a foot problem too. So maybe he's one of those guys that, doesn't always play healthy all the time. Um, but, and maybe I'm remembering this wrong, but I kind of have an inclination that Travis Kelsey was kind of like that earlier on in his career and seemed like he had missed a little bit of time. And then, you know, after being in the league long enough, he bulked up and was more healthy. I, that could be wrong. Yeah, no, Kelsey, I think missed his entire rookie season. Um, after that, I think he, he pretty much came in and has been healthy since then. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see with Andrews. I mean, he definitely got nicked up a few different times and it might've been something that was nagging. Um, he definitely was not hundred percent at the end of the season. And that was uh, a big part of the reason why the team struggled, I think offensively in the playoffs. Yeah. I, you know, and, and that's the, you mentioned it earlier, the question about what Roman is going to do with some of these routes and how he's going to build them and how he's going to run this offense from, you know, that perspective, I think is, is going to be the most interesting challenge that the Ravens have kind of coming into this year there's a there are a lot of things that could be added to this offense um they, they were it's incredibly complex already to begin with in the run game but it's not 
in my opinion, that complex in the passing game. And if they could be as complex in both parts, this will be an unstoppable offense. Um, but I think, you know, that asks the question, you know, so Andrews had 10 touchdowns last year. Um, do you think that we're going to have a receiver with 10 or more touchdowns this year? Um, I don't think that's going to happen this year. Um, I think that it's going to – Jackson just had a lot of touchdowns last year. He had an extremely high touchdown rate, like one of the highest in the history of the NFL. And I think it's going to be difficult to repeat that. I don't necessarily think he's going to have a bad year or even a worse year. But statistically, I doubt he'll throw quite as many touchdowns. And I think that's going to limit the overall floor. And as we talked about, there are a lot of weapons. Um, I do think Andrews will probably lead the team because he is such a good red zone threat. Um, but I don't think that there will be uh, a player who reaches 10. It's interesting to me because when you think about, obviously, you know, I think your point is right here, right? Like whenever you have an historically great offense in any context, regression is the baseline expectation, right? right. Like you just, it's just unfair to say that you think that that's going to happen. That being said, um, regression is also somewhat predictable, right? So for teams that like recovering fu- a lot of fumbles, right? Like Bill Barmall writes about this all the time that he can go through in a given year and find the team that has on defense recovered a lot of fumbles in terms of turnovers and predict almost iconically that they will have a reduction in total turnovers the following year. So I, I guess my challenge to kind of your position, which I wouldn't disagree with would be you watch these games. I mean, Lamar Jackson was throwing touchdowns through wide open receivers in the end zone with regularity and with ease. Um, and quite often not that complex of like models in terms of what they were doing. It was just play action, stress on the defense, no meaningful pressure in Lamar's face, nothing. It wasn't like every game was, yes, there were highlight reels of Lamar. Absolutely. But it wasn't this like, I can't believe those touchdown passes happened. A lot of them seemed rather simple and rather easy reads, um, which makes me think that it's repeatable, right? Like there wasn't anything that I saw that said, okay, wow, those kind of touchdowns never going to happen again. Um, and that's the only reason I would, I would agree with you. I, I'd say that 10 touchdowns is just a lot for receivers um, once you're starting to spread the ball around. Um, so I think 10 is a lot. And if Hollywood builds this rapport with Lamar, like they claim to be, I think we're going to see, it's very possible we see nine and nine for Andrews and Brown kind of thing. Um, and neither of them gets a 10. That being said, Brown had seven last year. So we're not, you know, we're not also not that far away um, from getting them both over 10. And I don't think I wouldn't say that I predict the Ravens could have two guys that have 10 receiving touchdowns, but I think that if somebody did, I wouldn't call them crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely well within the realm of possibility. Um, we saw, you know, Jackson had a magnificent, magnificent season last year. And like you said, he wasn't doing things that were like crazy. Like every single play was like this, like miracle, like the offensive line played great. The receivers knew how to get open. It was a great scheme and it worked. Um, is there going to be some film study over this, you know, this off season teams might look at what the Ravens did and say, how can we stop it? Probably a little bit of that. They have other things to worry about too. It's not just the Ravens. Um, I I think he's going to have a really good year. I, I mean, I think Jackson's going to be incredible once again. I don't know if he'll have quite the same numbers. I think he'll actually have considerably more passing yards. Um, I think his YPA might even go up a little bit. Like, I think there's a lot of positive things that could move forward until the touchdowns come down. Um, 
because some of it's just chance, you know, you get in the end zone and you throw for touchdowns that run for a touchdown, like that kind of thing can definitely vary. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of variation there. Um, I think I would bet on the under and I think Andrews will probably lead the team, but you know, there's definitely a good chance that, that he, he goes over to. Yeah. Well, that, you know, that's a, when we're talking about kind of how the Ravens construct the offense and how they want to execute it. You know, I, I know one of the areas that I'd really like to see the Ravens improve and I, they have been bad at this for, I, I honestly, since Ray Rice has been gone, um, is like pa- a passing game involving the rece- the running backs, like the non receiver passing game, like the, the Ravens could be really good at screening. They have really athletic offensive linemen across the board. Um, they could be really good in the running back passing game. I know they ask kind of them to stay back and block often. They're using deception. They're using kind of like the mesh and the reads that, that aren't going to create some of those passing opportunities. Um, but, you know, to me, it just seemingly like one of those areas where the Ravens could do a lot more. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I agree with you. And that, that's something that, you know, I joked about for years. And when was the last time the Ravens um, designed a good screen, designed and executed a good screen, like, just seemed like something that was not part of their offense. Every single screen it doesn't, is tried to run. Yeah, it's like, well, they got a little better with it last year, but it still wasn't a big part of their offense. I, I just don't think that they practiced it that much, right? And, and what's so peculiar to me is that Harbaugh comes from an Andy Reid background where the screen is like God, right? Yeah. They, I, I mean, they, they, they use the screen to set other things up, not the other way around. Greg Roman ran screens so many screens with with Kaepernick and Gore in San Francisco. So it's not like these guys don't have a sense of the value of screens or haven't seen them be effectively coached. Um, so it's just, it's one of those things that I don't understand, but you know, I'd like to see the Ravens involve more receive running backs in the passing game. But if they don't, you know, I, I think that it's an interesting question then in terms of whether or not we think that any individual receiver is going to get over or under a hundred targets. Um, you know, my caveated answer would be if the Ravens figure out how to include receivers or running backs in the receiving game, then I don't think anyone's mm-hmm. going to get over a hundred targets because the ball is just, I mean, it's like, you know, back in the day when, you know, I used to play Madden on a computer, you, you could, you know, you got like a special credit when seven different receivers had caught a pass. Um, and if the Ravens get the running backs involved like that, then it's going to be like that every game. Um but if they don't, then I do think there's going to be more focus on Brown and more focus on Andrews. Um, and it's, it's very likely that both those guys have over a hundred targets. Yeah, that's, um, I think it could definitely happen. And like I said, I think that Jackson will, you know, pass a little bit more this year. Um, and I think that two players over a hundred targets is definitely doable. Um, a- Andrews was close to that last year. And then, um, you know, Hollywood Brown was, you know, about 15 targets behind him. And I think this year, I think they'll both be right around there in terms of that 100 target mark. Um, after that, there was a pretty steep like gap between the rest of the team. And it was, you know, the next guys are kind of like the Willie Sneeds, your Boyles, your Hursts. Um, and I think it's probably going to be a similar situation this year where you have a lot of players who might get, you know, 40, 50 targets. And I don't think any running back is going to get probably more than 30 to 40 targets. I would like to see them more involved. You know, Mark Ingram is a good pass catching running back. I think he had like five touchdowns on passes last year. He was, he was very effective in that role. Um, he has some big plays out of the backfield and he probably 
would be my guess would be the leading running back receiver for the Ravens again. Um, I think he just brings as, as much versatility as, as any player um, on the Ravens, you know, running back core in terms of his ability to run the ball and catch the ball um, and run routes. Like he's a decent route runner. So, I mean, we, we'll I'm, we'll I'm really, hmm? I'm really interested to see what Dobbins is going to add from that dynamic. I, I, you know, I talk about the Ravens doing more in terms of the passing game um, in that regard. And part of it is Dobbins. It's like, you know, you went out and got this guy while you already had Gus Edwards. The Ravens clearly do not trust Gus Edwards as a receiving, you know, running back. So to me, that's the big question, right? Like, can they really start to work it in, um, you know, once once they start to use Dobbins more because they now have a rotation? They, and they didn't trust Hill either. I mean, he had, a, he had you know, what, 15 targets, eight catches. You know, my, my, my opinions on Justice <laughs> Hill have been made clear to you. I think I, I think he's could potentially not make the – like, I wouldn't be surprised if he got cut. <laughs> that's how I feel about Justice Hill. Um but, at, at, you know, at the end of the day, I want to see the Ravens throw the running backs more. I think that it's going to – I think that can that's one way you can stretch a defense laterally um, without kind of doing a lot of things from a formation perspective. Um, you know, by swinging out your running backs, like letting guys – like be kind of check down release guys that are going to catch like Rice did um, and then do their work once the linebackers have dropped into their drops that are deep enough to do whatever. If you've got them squeezing in on kind of like double spies or zones that are like honed in on Jackson, it's going to open up those seams between the hash and the numbers as well. Um, and if you've got a guy like Dobbins that seems to be able to put his foot in the ground and then just go north um, really effectively with the ball in his hands, um, there's going to be a lot of room for success there. Yeah. I mean, Dobbins is obviously kind of a big wild card right now. We don't know what to expect from him. I think there's a lot of potential there. I think he's a decent receiving back. He was, it wasn't like an amazing in that role like a couple of the other backs in the class, like I think Swift and Edwards Hilaire were both superior uh, receiving backs than, than Dobbins was. But, you know, he does have ability with the ball in his hands and open space. Like if you can get him the ball, I think he can be really dynamic in that role. Um, he's not the kind of guy who I, I see running a lot of routes necessarily. Um, he might be more of kind of like a swing pass option, um, you know, release valve kind of option um, and, and maybe screen option too. Um, but I think in terms of like going out and running routes, I actually think, you know, that's something Ingram showed he could do. I think Hill can do that a little bit. Um, yeah, Hill, Hill didn't really do much. He's mostly a gadget player last year. So they, they tried to involve him in some, in some, in some packages and he was just like, not that effective. So we'll see, we'll see with him going forward, but you know, yeah. it was, it was interesting when I was researching kind of us talking a little bit about kind of targets and catches and, you know, where I thought those numbers were going to come in. Obviously the guy I would take again would be Andrews. I mean, I think it's, I think you're hard pressed if you're, if you're a Ravens fan and you're picking any receiver to have any status level of anything um, to pick against Andrews um, this upcoming year. But I started to look into Travis Kelsey a little bit and kind of draw some comparisons between Andrews and Kelsey. Um, and Kelsey was 24 as a rookie. Mark Andrews is, was 23 last year. Mm. Um, and Kelsey, you were correct, like only played one game in his rookie year um, and, and then got hurt, I believe, and didn't have any meaningful snaps the remainder of that year. So he didn't have a decent year until he was 25. And in that year, he had 87 targets, 
65 catches, 860 yards and five touchdowns, which Mark Andrews put to shame at his age 23 year. So if you assume that Andrews can get to some level of health and then you look at what Kelsey has done the last four years um, where, you know, you're talking about 85 plus, you know, catches every year, 115 plus targets every year. You know, you're talking about big numbers in terms of touchdowns across the board for him. Um, I also think people, you know, I don't think anybody's sleeping on Mark Andrews as I make air quotes when I say that, but I think people might be sleeping on Mark Andrews a little bit too. Um, well, get, I didn't realize he was as young as he was. It gets back to another thing that we kind of talked a little bit about, and that's um, the amount of time that he was actually on the field. And he played a pretty low percentage of the overall snaps compared to a, a, someone who had the, you know, the numbers that he was able to put up, which you know, is impressive in its own right, that he was essentially only on the field for about half the Ravens offensive snaps. And he was still able to lead them in basically every offensive like receiving category by a good margin. So if you think that, you know, with trading Hayden Hurst, Andrew's snap percentage might increase a little bit, even like 10 to 20%. He's out there for, you know, maybe 150 more snaps than he was last year. Um, especially in, in passing situations, then you have to consider maybe his, his production goes up, you know, like 20%. Like that's not out of the realm of possibility. Um, but then the, the caveat is, is that there are a lot of options and the Ravens are still going to be a, a run for a team. I think like, even though they, have a good passing game, they are still going to run the ball a lot. And I I think that's always going to put a bit of a ceiling on any of the receivers in terms of what their, you know, numbers are going to look like. And I'm not sure if you'll ever approach the total numbers that like Travis Kelsey was able to put up because Andy Reid loves to pass the ball. You know, he passed the ball like 70% of the time. And I think in the Ravens offense where they're passing the ball like 55% of the time, it's just it's a it's a big gap to kind of fill. Yeah, that's true. I you know I didn't think about it from the total passing kind of like perspective in that regard. Um, but man, the other thing is that this Ravens team is also shockingly young to me. Oh yeah. Um, it, it's a and I don't know if that was by design when the Ravens drafted some of these guys, but they got all these guys come have come out on kind of the younger side of where they are in terms of of their ages um and that's going to pay really big dividends because it, it makes it easier to hand a big contract to someone like mark andrews on the second go around because you know that you know because he's not like when kelsey signed his big deal i think he was like 27 or 28 right mark andrews will be 25 or 26 um and the value of those dollars is just uh, it's just stunning to think about as kind of a momentary aside as as we kind of get into the year yeah, I mean that's really it's really good for the second contract to have those players who are a little younger because then you get the best of their prime. You know, you don't have hopefully there's the kind of the tail end of the prime. You're getting the full like every single bit of it in that second contract. So, you know, the question eventually is going to arise is can you pay all these guys? So right, the Ravens do have and you, you can't. <laughs> yeah, so it's it'll be. It'll be a matter of you know finding the the core guys and then continuing to draft well and put down around them with with good draft picks yeah. and you know smart veteran moves. But um, yeah, well, you, you know you were talking about the Ravens being a running team. The Ravens ran the ball, or you know this includes Neil Downs because statistically it's a lot easier to look at the total. But um, including Neil Downs last year it was 596 times. Um, you think we're going to see that many rushes again plus Neil's next year? I think it's going to be a little bit less. 
I think it's going to be a little bit more on the passing side. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Ravens use a little bit more tempo. Um, I think they can be devastating if they use tempo on offense and that they were actually one of the slowest teams in terms of tempo last year. So they- I don't see the Ravens changing that. John Harbaugh loves to not hurry up. <laughs> I, you know, I think it could be used situationally. I think like you can jump up on a team and score 14 points real fast and then, you know, just crush them with a defense. I think we're going to be really good. And then you can kind of slow it down. So maybe it's, it'll be, it'll even out over the course of a game, but I think if they choose to, they can really use that to their advantage just because the pressure of that Jackson and all these, all the speed on offense really puts on defense. Um, and if you get them in like the wrong package, for instance, and, and you can just take advantage of that with your personnel, I think you just have to like go for the throat. I mean, I haven't been playing Madden as much recently online as I have before. Um, in my life, but I can't imagine that people aren't running insane, no huddle, hurry up stuff with Lamar Jackson all over, all over Madden. And and so, you know, in the same breath, it's just kind of like for the Ravens, wh- why aren't you guys doing the same yeah. thing? You have these huge, like, especially with the three tight ends last year, they could have literally been five wide on one play jumbo on the next play and back to five wide on the next play um, and run that no huddle. Um, so, you know, I wonder if they worry about injuries and running too many snaps. And I also wonder if last year they worried about the defense a little bit. Um, you know, and I know we're talking about offense overall on the podcast here, but, um, you know, I think the Ravens really thought their running defense sucked last year. Um, I think that they believed that too. And I think that that was part of their calculus in, in what they were doing, which was if there's not a lot of time left on the clock, the teams are going to be potentially a little bit less likely to run the ball which will help our mediocre run defense on the year. Um, So I'm interested to see what the Ravens do with tempo as all that shakes out. And, you know, I mean, Lamar himself just had a staggering number of rushes last year, 175, 176, if we're including um, kneel downs too. Um, And that just seems like too many, right? Yeah. Yeah. Are we going to see it again? I don't think so. I mean, I think we're definitely going to see Lamar running the ball a lot. But it's probably going to be cut down by, I would say, 30, 40 attempts, would be my guess. I think looking at the 120 to maybe 130 range is, I think, something that would be a good number. Um, if, you, if you take out kneel downs, maybe drop it down to like 110, 120. Um, and, you know, he can pick and choose a little bit. Um, There's a lot of design runs last year. And I think that's something you can take out of the playbook, not completely, but you can limit it. You can take out two or three a game and you, you know, turn those into passes, turn those into, cause he's a really good passer. And if you can maybe use more RPOs, you can still have the option of passing the ball or running the ball. It's just, I think a, a slight evolution in, in the play calling would be called for. Well, and even last year, and this is one of the things that frustrated me probably the most about a lot of those designed runs. Um, and I, I don't know who was the one kind of driving that train, but it's just like you can run a passing play and then still get the same effect and still have Lamar run the ball. Yeah. So like if you, if you essentially have the op, like like it's almost like if you're not going to hand the ball to a running back or use some kind of like mesh. Um, like read option, RPO, whatever you want to call it, right? Like any plays outside of that that are designed quarterback runs should never happen, 
right? There should be a called passing play that does something that you're trying to find that if it doesn't happen and it breaks down, then you let Lamar run. I mean, there, there's no more disadvantage, in my opinion, to Lamar's health or the Ravens' effectiveness on offense. And you're essentially giving half of your playbook away when you do that, when you line up in a passing formation to run the ball. Yeah, and, and I get the like the whole zone read concept where having Jackson as a threat to keep the ball on those on those read options is right. it's it's a very like potent part of the Ravens offense and you still need to incorporate that. But you just don't need to do it as often. You know, make it five times a game where he, where, he t- where he keeps it. I mean, maybe you can't decide that, but just don't run that same play as much. Like, you don't have to do that. It's, it's a great Well, and the read option is different than some of these quarterback runs. Oh, for sure. I mean, and, I, you know, you'd have to go back and – I'd have to go back and you'd have to go watch 176 snaps, which is relatively time-consuming. But there had to have been at least 40 of them that were just pure quarterback rushing, yes. straight-up attempts. There were a lot of, like um, – there's a lot of, like, quarterback powers or some, like, you know, some, like, sweeps, some zone power. Like, there's just a lot of, of runs that they did. Um and I, I don't think you need to have that. Like that's not something you have to do to put your quarterback at risk on those plays. When you can still have him scramble if needed, like on like we said on a passing play, you can still use you know play action in order to to confuse the defense or to get the defense to bite. And you can put him in situations that you can attack downfield instead of like putting his body at risk. So do you really think it's going to go away? No, I think it'll go, I think it'll be slightly reduced. It's not going to go away. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be reduced at all. I think we're <laughs> gonna. I think we're gonna see. I think it's gonna be the same exact classic Harbaugh stubbornness. Roman likes it. Harbaugh likes it. I think the tempo is gonna be the same. I think it's. I, I think we're gonna see. Hopefully, they add substantial wrinkles to kind of what they're executing some of these other pieces on. But I think we're going to see something that looks a lot similar this year um, in terms of overall play calling and mentality from the coaching staff. So if we're, if we're including kneel downs in the rushing attempts, you think we'll see 150 from Jackson? Yeah. Okay. I think we'll be under. I, I struggle to see a situation where the Ravens, where Lamar Jackson doesn't rush the ball eight to ten times a game. Well, you and know, Neil, and then if you add Niels on top of that, you're right at you're at 175 right there. I mean, remember, 175 is also Lamar not playing one and three quarters games in addition to or more than that because he didn't play in fourth quarter of at least four games. Yeah, um, that's a good point. I do think that there were certain games last year um, where he kind of like went bonkers in terms of his rush attempts, <laughs> and it I feel like down the stretch it kind of decreased a little bit. I'm looking up the game log now. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it was, you know, there was, it was actually kind of spaced out throughout the entire season. Um, <laughs> but there was, yeah, there was a lot. Yeah. We, yeah we, <laughs> the most rushing attempts, in, or the second most rushing attempts in one game was week 15. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. So but yeah, I mean, he, there wasn't a game that he had less than seven, you know. But again, I I, I don't know if these include Niels either. Um, but there wasn't a game that had less than seven outside of week one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for me, I I would I would think ten a game is is still kind of a lot, but it it could definitely happen. 
it could definitely happen. Yeah. So, and just to put that into context, so over 14 games, that was, and again, we, we were not excluding Niels, but in 14 games, if you take the Dolphins game out, which he only played half of anyway, um, you got 175 attempts. I think it was at least what, let's see the Rams game. He came out early. Yeah. There's like three games. Uh, he came out early. The Cincinnati game. He came out early. The Houston game. He came out early. I think that was it. Uh, maybe the Jets game too. Mm-hmm. So, so that was, so that's really like, like that's actually 13 games that he rushed it 175 times. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I'd love to see him rush less. I don't think it's something that the Ravens need to be successful. Um, but I think he likes it. I think he's good at it. He's done a good job of avoiding big hits. Um, and it's a heck of a lot of fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. So let's see here. We have any other things we want to cover? Yeah. I think that one other area was offensive line, you know, oh, yeah. and, and we, you know, if you look at the Ravens sacks total this last year, um, they allowed 28 sacks, which is just an incredible total number. Um you know, and I think a lot of that is just has some of that is situational. The Ravens were in the lead and they were grinding games out um, towards the end of, you know, towards the end of a lot of these games. So you just aren't going to see situationally as many sacks. They weren't trailing as much. You certainly saw sack numbers jump up in games where the Ravens had to be passing the ball situationally late. That being said, the offensive line was fantastic from that perspective. Even when asked of it last year, Um I think it'd be impossible to say that the Ravens would allow less than 28 sacks um, in 2020. I, you know, so let's set the number of say at 35. Um, mm. Where would, would you take the over or the under? I'm going to go with the under. Um, I think that you have two of the best, you know, pass blocking tackles in the league. Um, losing Yanda is a big, big loss. Um, he's one of the best pass blocking guards in the league, or he has been for over a decade. And that's definitely going to be a drop down, but I do think that the Ravens have been incredibly gifted in terms of drafting and developing offensive linemen over the past, you know, five, six, seven years. And they have a lot of good players that they can plug in. Um, and I think it's still going to be a very good offensive line. I think Lamar Jackson is only going to get smarter in terms of his ability to evade pressure, to throw on the run, to scramble. Um, and I, and I still think that while I, oh, I've been saying that the Ravens will probably pass a little bit more than they did last year, I don't think it's going to be a huge amount and that's going to keep the sack numbers down too, because they're not going to be throwing the ball, you know, 600 plus times. So I think that I would take the under on that 35 number. Yeah, we don't, you know, we don't know what life is going to look like without Marshall Yonda. Um, and so, you know, that's that's hard to peg one way or another because Yonda was obviously terrific and every, you know, huge respect to to him and the decision that he made. Um, and he was still just as good this last year as he's, you know, ever been in his career. Um, so we don't know what's going to happen with that. But I, I, you know, I think we've talked about this on a few other podcasts. I don't think the Ravens offensive line situation is as dire as a lot of folks think um, there, you know, there were a lot of articles and pundits that kind of were like, yeah, the offensive line is an area where the Ravens are really going to need a lot of focus. But, you know, if Skura is able to come back, then you've already got three interior guys that were starters for at least half the year last year across the board in Makari, Skura and Bozeman to begin with in addition to powers and all the other draft picks that you're bringing in now and, you know, Fluker and whatever other veteran you might want to bring in. Um, you know, really the question is, can you fill, can one of those guys fill Marshall Yonda's shoes and do you have enough depth to survive one injury? 
you know, my biggest concern is that with Hurst gone, that we don't have a swing tackle type guy um, that's going to be able to step in and be good enough in a short-term pinch to be, to get us by, you know, obviously they think Smith is going to be that guy. Um, and so the depth is a little bit of a concern, but honestly, I'm not that, I think that I was really impressed with what we got from Skura and then even more impressed with what we got from Makari last year. Um, it was a pretty tremendous performance on his part um, overall. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I do think that the offensive line is, is, pretty good they're they have a lot of talented players that they've drafted and i think that they will eventually find you know the right combination to plug in there my concern is what you said they don't have a proven backup tackle i mean they drafted uh tyree phillips who could potentially play tackle you know he played tackle last year um in college so he has some experience playing out there he has a size for it. Um, I think he needs some refinement. And I think he's probably going to be that pinch in a pinch guy who would have to play left tackle if Stanley got hurt. And Stanley hasn't always been the most healthy player. He has missed a considerable amount of time over the course of his career. So there's always a chance that you know you have to plug in somebody there. That's that is a concern. I also think it's just a matter of not having the cohesion. I think you know Yonda was the anchor and I'm not sure if it's just going to be as simple as having Skura stay at center and Bozeman stay left guard. I think they might try and tinker in terms of getting the right combination of the right players in the right spots. Um, and this isn't an off season where you want to be t- doing too much tinkering. Um, so maybe you can't do that. And I'm not entirely sure who would be the right guard if the season started today. Um, I honestly think there's like three players who have a pretty equal chance at starting. And that would be Phillips, um, Powers, who was last year's draft pick, and then um, Reedson, who was this year's draft pick on Michigan. I think all three of those guys have potential to, to be a starter. Um, and, you know, one of them might even play center, not Phillips, he won't play center. But they might try playing Bozeman center. He played center in college. They might, And they might try putting, you know, Powers or left guard. Lots of different iterations. And that's the thing that worries me the most is, the cohesiveness won't be there from day one, the chemistry required of the offensive linemen. And the, there isn't as much experience now. Losing Yanda is, is a blow. And it's definitely, I mean, yeah. it's definitely a blow, but you can also go into the, all, all this is predicated on Skura's health, but if Skura is healthy yeah. and the videos and kind of what he's saying, as he should be saying, is that he is healthy then you could go theoretically go into the year with Bozeman, Skura, and Makari playing together, where you've already got three guys that have had a year playing together under their belts. Bozeman's played next to both Skura and Makari now. So you've already got kind of the the center to left side of your line set. Brown is already set. Um, you know, I, I think it'd be silly for them to tinker. Um, it's, you know, don't move Bozeman off a of left guard at this point to center. Don't don't try and get too cute. I agree with you. This is not the this is not the year um, to be overly ex- like experimental around some of this kind of stuff. Um, and in some ways, you you know, the Ravens I think would benefit pretty significantly um, by seeing the year pushed back. Like if it turned out to be one of those things where the NFL just moved the schedule back for mm-hmm. six weeks. 
Um, I think that could be really beneficial to Baltimore, especially if that means that Skura can get healthy um, and enough time to be able to be, you know, a meaningful player from the get-go as they can just pencil in. Yeah, I, I don't know if he's going to be ready to start the season. Um, he went down a pretty late in the year, right? It was like yeah. week 12 or something. Um, yeah, Rams game, right? Yeah, so that's my concern. He might start on the pup, and then you have two spots, and it kind of just is a domino effect. Do offensive line um, offensive linemen recover from ACL injuries quicker? Like, because they're not they're not skill players. I think they come back a little bit quicker on average. But I, I could be wrong about that. I'm not sure. Um, I, I mean, I know that the recovery time is generally like a, a nine to twelve month kind of situation, and it definitely varies from from uh, individual to individual. Um, and it, and some people even fashion that. And you're probably right that there is a lot less kind of you know the quick change of direction kind of stuff that you would think would lead to a lot of ACLs but you're also putting a lot of stress um the offensive linemen obviously they're in very close quarters with very large people um so I'm I'm not sure I, but yeah I wonder if re-injury is more of a risk than than recovery evaluative health yeah yeah that, that could definitely be as well but um I'm not a, a medical doctor, so I won't speculate on that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I think that at the end of the day, there's some really interesting things that we could potentially be looking at as they relate to the Ravens. But, you know, in the bigger picture, I'm just really damn excited for this upcoming year. Yeah. Really hope it happens because I think the offense is going to be really good. Yeah, I think the offense is going to be great. It's going to be fun to watch. Lamar Jackson was the most fun to watch in football last year. And, I don't see any reason why that's going to change. Um, and, you know, I think the Ravens defense got better too. And next podcast, we can talk a little bit more about that. Absolutely. Well, um, if folks have ideas or things they want to hear about, you can catch us at BaltimoreSportsAndLife.com. Um, I'm at Twitter at BSL Jordan Co. Um, Gabe's at, at Gabe Fergie. Um, you can catch us there. Ideas, things that you want to hear us talk about, things you liked or didn't like. Um, you know, please let us know. We, we'd love to hear from you. We'll be posting on the forum about these. Um, you know, we want to get you guys involved in what we're talking about. So we'll do something like this for the defense um, next week, kind of cover sacks, interceptions, kind of some of those kind of things. So if there's anything you want to hear, let us know. All right. 